This is Peter Mill Podcast, your usual serving of insights, inspiration, and information about the physical therapy profession and practice through the experience and expertise of Filipino PTs worldwide. I'm Johan, your host. Let me ask you this. How would you feel if you start to lose your memory and you don't know why? Imagine you're a middle-aged healthcare professional and you start to notice that you're not as sharp as you used to be. You feel you're becoming a different person and you're starting to lose yourself. That is what my guest, Riza Carlton, felt when she experienced symptoms of early dementia. Good thing hers was reversible and now she's here to talk about her experience as a person who had dementia and how that gave her a unique perspective on how to help others deal with their loved ones who's going through the same thing. She talked about the early signs of dementia she experienced, its impact to her personal and professional life, and how she felt through her, throughout her journey. She also described some common mistakes family members make as they take care of their loved ones with dementia and what effective approaches to employ. Let's all take a listen after this break. Okay, welcome back to PT Meal Podcast, a buffet of play, therapies, movement, exercises, activities, and leisure, all packed in a hearty conversation of the, uh, of the physical therapy profession and practice with a Filipino flavor. I am Johan De La Paz, your host. Again, thank you for uh, dropping by and eavesdropping. So again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, please do uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening from. Uh, the podcast is available in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many, many more. Um, you can also catch the, the episodes in YouTube, where you can see our beautiful faces, my guests, and, and mine, uh, and subscribe there as well. And uh, if you want to stay in the loop and new updates, uh, fresh episodes, interview snippets, research abstracts, educational materials, or infographics, follow the podcast's uh, social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. All right, so let's go on with the show. Uh, in today's episode, we are going to talk about dementia and the impact it brings not only to the patient that has dementia, but also to the caregivers. I have today as guest, Risa Carlton, a certified dementia practitioner. She's been a physical therapist for 17 years, specializing in geriatric rehabilitation, working with clients diagnosed with dementia, um, and also educating uh, the, pa uh, the patient's family members and caregivers. In 2019, she experienced herself a reversible type of dementia, um, giving her a unique insight and look on having the condition and seeing her loved ones cope with it as well. Through this experience, she authored a book entitled Alzheimer's and Dementia, Caregiving Simplified, Effective and Positive Approaches in Caring for Your Loved One. So here is Riza Carlton. Riza, welcome to PTMO Podcast. Hi, Johan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's it's an honor to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad for I'm glad that you're here and and thank you for uh your time to to share with us your experience and um educate us on what is the impact of of dementia aside from the the patient. Um this topic is really close to my heart since I've experienced this. I am I have a relative who has dementia and being a physical therapist, uh, I was thankful that I understand 
what dementia is and how to go about it. That kind of made me a little bit equipped in handling it, understanding what my loved one was going through and really trying to um, navigate with him that experience. He had, um, he had, we was diagnosed with dementia early on in, in his um, adult, like my grandfather, then um, he had a, a, a minor stroke and that aggravated his dementia. And that was when we started, you know, talking about if that is something that would return to baseline, is it going to, is it going to be staying that way? And that is when my education with my care, my, my, family members and with my grandfather as well and rehabilitation started. So this topic is really like close to my heart because I've experienced that. That that's really something um I guess caregivers, primary caregivers re- should really understand what's going on with with their loved ones experiencing dementia. But before we really dive into that, um could you give us a background on your um physical therapy story how did you come to become a physical therapist and and what brought you to the profession yes um in high school I love science Mm -hmm. and very fascinated about human body and how God created you know it's so fascinating and no one can replicate you know Mm -hmm. um I took physical therapy a program uh in Far Eastern University and after I graduated May of 20, 2000, I migrated here in the U.S. And I've been here in Florida practicing as a physical therapist for almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So um, as I've mentioned in my intro, you in, in 2019, you had yourself uh, experience a reversible type of dementia. Could you tell us? how that happened and what you experienced? Yes. um, My personal story, it started three years ago. Mm -hmm. I was 41, Johan. Mm -hmm. So realizing that, you know, uh, dementia is not for older people, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm a single mom. I take care of my son and... um, you know, I gotta, I gotta do work, take care of my son. You know, um, the memory loss was was worsening, and mm-hmm. um, I knew there's something wrong with me, but I could not identify identify what's going on. Mm-hmm. I I was very forgetful. I lost a lot of things that I use every day: my eyeglasses, my debit cards. When I get groceries, go shopping, I could not remember where I placed them. And in a normal brain, you know, we occasionally forget things, but we are able to uh, retrace them and find mm-hmm. them. But with my memory loss, uh, I could not retrack mm-hmm. where I left them, where I put them. It was worsening. I was trying to mask it. I'm a physical therapist. I'm 41 years old. I was so embarrassed. You know, mm-hmm. having this uh, symptoms, and I did not tell anyone. I did not tell my family. 
And this is very common also with our patients, Johan, that they don't tell family until it's it's significant and they cannot mask it anymore. Mm -hmm. So it affected my daily life as simple as balancing my, my checkbooks. Mm -hmm. I could not add, I could not balance. Numbers and symbols overwhelm me. And I tend to withdraw from doing it because it, it's very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I will I will be up seven in the morning in my PJ. I have my list of things to do. And with the balance balancing checkbooks, I keep withdrawing from it and not noticing that I was pacing back and forth, you no, know, the pacing. And come 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm still in my PJ. And I have not done my my checkbook. I have not done the the things that I need to do for the day mm -hmm. because I I have the lack of focus. I could not focus, mm -hmm. and it also affected my job. We do a lot of reporting, documentation, mm -hmm. and I would find myself after work. We do we do our documentation. I find myself just staring at the the computer screen. And my brain was not working. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to mask it because I I have to perform at work. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to lose my job. I'm a single mom and got to pay bills. My supervisors were noticing the changes in me. And they tell me, Riza, you're not yourself. Something is going on. But I, you know, I like I tell them I'm okay. So I was masking it up to the point that it's, you know, my, my supervisor had to pull me aside and talk to me mm -hmm. and sat down with me and saying like, Riza, you got to tell us what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started crying, Johan, like, you know, it's okay to open up. They already noticing it. So I have to tell them. Uh, and what I told my supervisor, I'm losing my memory, but I don't know why. I didn't have any idea. So um, I went on a medical leave, and they told me, take care of yourself. Um, and um, we want you to be better. So when you, you know, we, we take care of patients. Mm -hmm. So I have to take care of myself, get well, so I can, I can help others. My primary doctor referred me to a neurologist. Mm -hmm. So on my neurology visit, I mentioned this medication that I took for my migraine for seven years. And as soon as she heard that, she told me, so you're getting dumber, right? And I said, yes, you know, the memory loss. And she stated that that certain medication was actually recently pulled out of the market because of the same complaint that I have. It's causing early dementia for people who are using it long term. Mm. So, and I said, dang, like, doc, I don't want to take this. Mm. Right. And um, so she worked with me and within the three, four months, uh, trying different medications, um, you know, we, we try the one with, with, less side effects and affecting the memory functioning. So about four months, uh, the symptoms cleared. That's why it's called reversible type of dementia. 
when uh, we identify the causing factor um, that's causing the dementia symptoms, it's addressed, then the symptoms resolved. Mm -hmm. And that was my experience. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, that is one, you know, for me having, being a physical therapist and really noticing that that's, that might have, you know, that may be scary. How, how did you feel, um, you know, once you started noticing those changes and realizing that this is not my usual me? How was that? How was, how, how did that impact your life? It was, I'm very sociable. Uh -huh. So it went to, and you, we will see that with our patients also when they struggle um, carrying a, a, an intelligible conversation, mm -hmm. they have difficulty finding words. So mm -hmm. being sociable and then feeling embarrassed about it, right? Like mm -hmm. people will notice. And um, at that point, I became more introvert because I was avoiding mm -hmm. uh, conversation I was avoiding that people would notice. Mm -hmm. My son lived with me and he was eight years old. And he was my witness of, mm -hmm. of my dementia experience. I was missing, you know, medical appointments. He was, he was doing the guitar lessons and soccer games. Mm -hmm. I was missing those activities and he get upset. Mm -hmm. And he, he's a kid and and he and he kept reminding me uh -huh. and uh and then I get upset you mm -hmm. know I I get upset like why you have to remind me a kid has to remind me of disappointments and very humbly and he he was very patient and would tell me mom so you won't forget it uh -huh. yeah and um and I cannot multitask. I'm being a mom. I got to be doing, you know, something and then taking care of my son. And I found myself where when he talks to me and I'm doing something um, and he would remind me. Um, I always say like, uh-huh, uh-huh, because I could not process what mm. he was saying. You know, the multitasking is a challenge for um, people with dementia. Mm -hmm. And um, so he get he he get upset that I'm ignoring him. Mm -hmm. It's like you're always on your phone, you're always on your your computer, which we do documentation, mm -hmm. and you don't pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. It it was because I could not multitask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did he? How did your son take it when you all found out that 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 was dementia and that was what was causing it how how was he able to handle that yes my relationship with my son is very we're very close um and very connected mm -hmm. and we always find ways to find humor on things you know mm -hmm. and, and being a filipino that's our personality right so i it was i made it like light for him so he will not worry about me Mm -hmm. And uh, if if you know about the movie Nemo, yes, um, and he has a friend named Dory. Yes, yes. Mm 
So he kept telling me, you know, and, and pick on me saying, mommy, you're so Dory. <laughs> because I'm forgetful, you know how mm -hmm. Dory's character is like, she kept following Nemo trying to help in that, but mm -hmm. she was so forgetful. So uh -huh. that's why he, he called me when I was going through the, the dementia symptoms. Mm -hmm. You are so Dory, mommy. <laughs> uh -huh. So with identifying what was causing your dementia did you uh go through in uh rehabilitation uh for it no or was no. it as soon yeah. as the as soon as you changed your medication then it slowly uh reversed okay uh honestly there was a fear like you know after the recovery i uh -huh. had the fear of like how will i perform at work am i right. ready you know i mean even knowing and claiming that I'm healed. Uh -huh. uh, there's, you know, in my mind, like, uh, will I be the same person, the same therapist that excel in things and on top of things, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but I think more of, um, I, I I did perform. I, I, I went back to work and that's the beauty and my personal testimony, Johan, as an advocate for Alzheimer's and dementia. I am a living testimony that I went through the early signs of dementia. Mm -hmm. So what I experienced was a mild stage of dementia, mm -hmm. the early signs. And I am a living testimony that when we identify that there are early signs, we pay attention, we address it. It can be prevented. It can be reversed. Uh, because after the recovery, I changed my lifestyle. I was eating healthier because my primary doctor told me, you know, you are a physical therapist also. We are so involved taking care of our patients. Mm -hmm. And the last on the list will be my myself, taking mm -hmm. care of myself. I was I was overweight. I was having different medical problems. My heart was failing. I was not getting enough sleep and I appreciate my doctor then. She told me straight, Riza, if you don't take care of yourself, you will die early. Who will take care of your son? And that hit me. So uh, the change of lifestyle, change, I changed my eating habits. And as a Filipino, we love food, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I changed um, my lifestyle. Um, I did it for my son. And I started exercising also, making time for myself. Mm -hmm. Because I realized that I have to be well. I have to take care of myself be before I can help other people. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it's good that uh, what you had is a, a reversible type of dementia and, and not the other types of dementia that are really progressive. Um, though, you know, there's a lot of studies coming out on managing it early detection and managing it coping and and stuff like that so you mentioned earlier um advocating for it so what led now what was your you know first steps in uh you know uh leading you to advocacy and um, educating others on the effects of dementia not just on the person but also the the people around them Yes. Um, based on my personal dementia experience and my 
clinical practice. Mm -hmm. I uh, it's it's more of educating the the families and the caregivers to to be more open and more aware of the early signs mm -hmm. because as a physical therapist they considered those early signs as a normal part of aging which mm -hmm. is not so and you will notice johan with our patients that when they are diagnosed with alzheimer's dementia or other dementia condition it's already in the moderate to severe stage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of not understanding that the early signs are the is the mild is the start of the Alzheimer's disease and the dementia. So um, that's my advocacy is to to educate mm -hmm. to educate caregivers, family members that pay attention to the early signs. Mm -hmm. And dementia is not part of the normal normal aging of the brain. Because we know there are people that will die and they are sharp as a bullet. They remember everything, right? So it's not a normal aging process. And that's the one advocacy that I, I want to promote. And it will really help in the prevention and the progression of the disease. Mm -hmm. we, we're talking about educating um caregivers family members on uh what dementia is so what should what should loved ones or family members caregivers know uh regarding uh the early signs of dementia there this is a a, a typical question from mm. you know from the caregivers and family right. members yeah. how will we know mm -hmm. that their early signs so, for example, with the forgetfulness, in a normal brain, we occasionally forget things. We forget where we put our car keys, right? Mm -hmm. But we're able to retrace them. Mm -hmm. um, the memory loss, that is a good sign that it's, it's, it's dementia, is happening frequently. They could not remember. They could not find the things they misplaced, like my experience and I do home care. So going to the patient's home, you would find their phones in the fridge mm. in weird places. And then they could not find it. Um, uh, those kind of signs that will trigger that um, something's, you know, something's not right. Mm -hmm. um, and then another example is I had a patient who goes to the same doctor's office, goes to the same grocery store, driving, right? And this is an early sign. He, A family member mentioned to me that he's, he's starting to forget where to go. And even finding these familiar places that he's been going for years. Mm -hmm. so, um, so those are early signs that we have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Um like I said, I believe that when we identify it early on, it can be reversed. Mm -hmm. um, it's harder when, you know, they get to the moderate stage of the dementia. The, the learning is decreasing. They're losing the ability, the thinking skills, the reasoning. 
um, then to that point, it's 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 hard to to reverse and and prevent it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Be forgetful is quite usual for for people, right? As you mentioned, um, and but the difference is for you know for most of us, as you mentioned, we can retrace it. Like if I ask someone, okay, what did you eat for breakfast? And they can think about, oh, I ate this. And that's, that's, that's normal. But those weird things like leaving your car keys in the fridge or, you know, cell phone in the fridge or being, you know, forgetting things that you usually do without even thinking, like turning off a faucet or turning off an oven, that's something, um, you know, that could be a sign. Um, in terms of emotion, were there, in your personal experience, was were there any early signs in, in changes in your emotions or behavior aside from memory? Yes, I notice myself. Um, I easily get frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a very patient person, mm -hmm. so even my family were noticing. I I easily get upset frustrated mm -hmm. but now looking back it's it's my thinking skills mm -hmm. it gets so frustrating and we can relate to our patients mm -hmm. when they cannot express their needs they right. cannot um voice their needs or finding the words how to say things mm -hmm. forgetting things it it, it's very frustrating. That's why it was a very humbling experience for me um, being at a, a younger age, you know, uh, 41, I had to go through it. It's mm. um, before I was diagnosed with the dementia symptoms, I was doing the uh, patient visits and um, one patient asked me, you know, conversation, right? When we, mm. we do the therapy visit, mm. Like Risa, so how was your weekend? That mm -hmm. was the question. So I would say probably the day was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Johan, I could not retrieve in my in my brain what I did that weekend. And that was just like two, three days ago. Wow. And I was like thinking, and there was a long pause. And I I don't I don't wanna like look embarrassed or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know. All I said was, it was good. Because yeah. I could not remember, like, tell her, oh, we went out to eat or uh -huh. the details. I, yeah, yeah I, I could not remember. Mm -hmm. And all I told her was, it was good. And then I moved on to a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But in yourself, you wanted to say something. You really wanted to tell her what you did for that weekend. You just can't remember it. My brain was not working. Gotcha. Yeah. Because yeah. for, for some people, I mean, for, for people who are not really like open for uh, small talk, that is a normal normal response. Um, my weekend is okay. Um, but, you're, but you, you're noticing that you wanted to say something, but it just doesn't come out. Yes, yes. And no kidding. Silently, like in my brain, like, what did I do? What did I do? Like, come on, come on. Like, you know, I'm, I was there. Uh-huh. But, uh -huh. but I, yep, yep. So my memory center, you know, was not 
telling me the details and the events. So mm -hmm. I could not say anything. And we can relate to our patients with Alzheimer's and dementia. Because mm -hmm. um, the changes happen in the brain, you know, um, the thinking skills, the reasoning. So most of the time we talk to them and they just stare. Uh -huh. it's, and family member will tell me like, he's ignoring me or they're being difficult. Mm -hmm. It's just they they heard the word, uh -huh. right? But it's not processing in the brain, so they could not reply. What was said, it didn't, you know, like my experience, I could not remember. So they end up not saying anything and just staring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And that can be misconstrued as as just being aloof or uh, elusive if they're not really trying to see really what's going on that they might think that oh probably he's not in the mood and, and that's then they brush it off so what are some of the um common challenges that caregivers encounter uh with dealing with um their loved ones with dementia in in any you know in any um stage of of dementia yes um you know based on like working with with the patients mm -hmm. and uh coaching the family mm -hmm. and the caregivers is really understanding that the changes are actually happening in the brain with alzheimer's disease mm -hmm. what happens is there's a global shrinking of the brain cells mm -hmm. So when that's happening, they are losing the ability, the thinking skills, safety judgment, the reasoning. And um, and we try to understand that they're taking care of their loved one. So most of the time they take it personal because, because they know mom or dad um, before the dementia, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if if mom or dad was like more patient, sociable, bubbly, funny, and, mm -hmm. and then there's a behavioral change of like, like he's always upset, he's mm -hmm. yelling, right? Mm -hmm. He's argumentative. Is okay. is because of the 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 changes in the brain itself, mm -hmm. and that's you know that's my my education with the families and the caregivers. It's beyond their control mm -hmm. when that's happening. Um, the behavioral changes and 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 they worsen over time. Mm -hmm. That's why um they have to learn how to approach it, you know, effectively and um positive approaches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's I, I I guess it's really hard to see and accept someone, your loved one, who you see every day mm -hmm. going through that and 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 be like that when there are times during the day that they seem normal. Mm -hmm. See that that okay, probably it's not it's not dementia or it's not getting worse. Probably he's getting better because, uh, like today he's he's answering, uh, perfectly. He makes sense, but in truth, there are days that they're good there are days that they're bad there are times that they're best they're coherent there are times during your day that they're not and sometimes it's it's that 
that um, thing that's very difficult for for loved ones to accept that it may not go away, it may not get better, it yes. may even get worse sooner yeah. than later. So, as you know, as soon as they are they are able to learn and accept that, then that's when the proper approach and uh, you know healing can start right i agree with you johan it's uh, the challenge being a, a, a physical therapist and a clinician mm -hmm. for us is the denial from the family member mm -hmm. you know i mean it's and i'm teaching this and educating um the, uh, the families and caregivers when i do home care visits mm -hmm. that it's a loss of a family member, right? Um, physically, they're here, but they're losing their their um, awareness, mm -hmm. and that comes where they get, you know, family member get angry why this is happening to their loved one. Mm -hmm. Denial is real, and mm -hmm. we encounter this with you know the families and uh, caregivers. Mm -hmm. the denial and um for me as a clinician i try to understand them mm -hmm. that um it's their loved one that's you know that's going through this this difficult time i had a a patient in a memory care unit in an assisted living facility and the son was in denial accepting that his mom um was going through the alzheimer's disease stage and mm. she's, you know, she's worsening. And I could feel the love. It was out of love uh, when he gets upset. Uh, but I, as a clinician, I don't sugarcoat it. I tell him with my evaluation, um, she was in the more moderate stage of dementia. And he was insisting to the, to the staff that the physical therapist has to train my mom how to use a walker. I mean, it's in the later stage. It's kind of late to teach her. And you can um, you can agree with me that when they get to that point, they're not teachable. Mm -hmm. You you will present them the walker. They will forget it and they will just keep pacing and wondering. And and that's the the challenge in in you know um, dealing with family and loved ones that um, have the hard time accepting mm -hmm. that um, there is a point, a stage in the Alzheimer's disease and dementia that um, they could not learn mm -hmm. because it's it's too much to process. That's why mm -hmm. I, um, I teach and I encourage that um, assistive devices like cane, walkers, uh, has to be introduced in the early stage. So um, they use it every day. It becomes part of them. So even when the the disease is progressing, it it's you know they take they remember, mm -hmm. they remember and they take it. But in a later stage, and you present a new device, yeah, it's um. And I I told I told the family like you know she's we it's not. It's not an um, a realistic goal, mm -hmm. and some get upset and call my agency. I don't like this physical therapist, <laughs> mm -hmm. but 
that's the thing. You have to present it in 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 the honest and in a realistic way. I'm not saying like your your loved one is dying, mm-hmm. but we as a clinician, knowing that this is how the brain function now, mm-hmm. how much they can learn, um, you know, that's we are the advocate. We gotta tell them. Right. You know, and we cannot say that they'll get better if they're not. So mm-hmm. Yeah, my first patient with uh, dementia was in home health as well. It, it finding someone in rehab with dementia is rare in the Philippines, right? Because um, you don't usually, well, Filipinos don't usually send their uh, their loved ones for rehab mm-hmm. if they're if they're their their if their loved ones has has dementia, but my first encounter was in home health as well and the uh, and the patient was in, was at her late stage of dementia she's nonverbal mm-hmm. she follows limited instructions mm-hmm. um and uh, she shows emotions sometimes she's stubborn mm-hmm. so my role there back then was I wasn't really sure what to do because that was my first encounter with a, a patient with dementia. Then realizing what, you know, the, the, the caregivers, the, the family members were doing, trying to see what they were doing in terms of bad mobility transfers and stuff like that. Then I, I learned that my role there as a physical therapist in that late stage of dementia was to really educate them on what could be expected later on. So you no, know, they they know they're well equipped with the 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 machines that they needed. They have Hoyer lifts. They have um, transfer machines. So they're they're well uh, taken care of. I mean, it's just um, talking to them on what they will be expecting that would happen, and then later on, I were able to observe that changes in that in the patient that then the patient began to not want to eat anymore um because you know um as we know as they progress their sense of appetite would also go away they would not have any sense of being hungry <laughs> or thirsty so mm-hmm. being able to educate that the 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 family members that you have to create a routine already to um give her food and drink regularly because he she's not gonna ask for it anymore she's gonna forget to so um glad um fortunately those uh family members were already accepting they already know what's hap- going to happen and they just needed some guidance on how um to approach that and how to um make it so that it's not so much of a burden for them that you know try to encourage the 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 patient to stand up from time to time so that the, the patient doesn't lose any muscle mass more right. than you know that she's supposed to or needs to you know um playing some music so that the mood her mood and behavior wouldn't be as you know as 
fearful or scared or as troubled just making the patient happy content and as well taken care of you know sometimes that's education is really a big part mm-hmm. for us as physical therapists in handling patients and caregivers uh and, and with you know you know in, in terms of you know dementia management yes and that's a good point johan because um in my physical therapy visit with alzheimer's and dementia mm-hmm. i don't have um i don't have therapeutic exercises 10 reps uh-huh. right because they could not follow hey, instructions they could yep. not yeah yeah you have to be creative mm-hmm. and make do things that are functional mm-hmm. and you're yeah. the new person is as a new person for a person with dementia, you're nothing to them. <laughs> Why would they follow you if they don't know you, right? So it's uh, the normal approach to a patient with dementia wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. where you, you in, we engage the family members. It's really the family members that we try to to tr- treat, to treat yeah, the, they, the patient. Yes. They do well with familiar faces because mm-hmm. there's a point where, um, where they, you know, they forget or the ability to recognize familiar faces is also diminished. So mm-hmm. we will have, we will have patients that you know, uh, the the family member that's taking care of them every day they remember, yes. and then here a friend, a longtime friend, or another family member visiting and they would say mom do you remember so and so and she would say like no Mm. because because um that's why it's so important as you mentioned also um the structured routine for them Mm -hmm. because um when it's structured they do the same thing every day they are more uh, to participate Mm -hmm. and get involved with uh, doing showers changing clothes Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's a routine uh-huh. and their familiarity really is is a good approach for um our patients with um alzheimer's and dementia mm-hmm. gone would be the active educating for the patient but just establishing that step-by-step process for the day then that would create a sense of familiarity to that routine now, they don't have to think about it, but they feel that that's going to happen next. Yes. I encourage them with a therapy visit, get them involved doing light household chores. So I had I had a, a, a patient and he likes to fold clothes. Mm-hmm. And the daughter is, is, you know, very supportive. She understands. Mm-hmm. And what she does is he uh, she keeps a pile of of clothes on his bed and when he's starting to like pacing or wandering around and say dad you want to do the um i just did the laundry can you fold the clothes mm-hmm. it's redirecting mm-hmm. right into a physical activity and he will he will fold the clothes mm-hmm. put them away uh-huh. and, and then the daughter will unfold them again and because uh-huh. he would not remember what he did like 10 20 minutes mm-hmm. ago so right. and that's keeping them active i encourage the family members and the caregivers that you gotta keep them moving especially walking around 
because you you know we have patients that they are not weak it's not the weakness it's not the strength that's the issue it's forgetting how to walk right, right? and you will see them they're sitting in the chair like mr so and so get up stand up and they're just looking at you because they can't remember the sequence and how right. to start an activity mm -hmm. so it's in the brain not the physical strength not weakness mm -hmm. and um you know that's that's a good education also you gotta keep them moving don't do everything for them mm -hmm. yeah if um more like assisting and helping mm -hmm. and they 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 do the task may it be shower uh, changing clothes Mm -hmm. So, so they can help because the more that you do it for them, they will lose that ability and caregiver will end up doing everything. Mm -hmm. yep. Right. Like what you said about the, the weakness part that they forget about doing stuff, but they know how to do it. I mean, in their brain, deep inside they they know how to do it. But once you tell them to do it, their processing doesn't work. I had that patient that the normal you know stand up let's walk doesn't work but once the music starts it triggers something in her that she starts to stand up and walk and strut because she was she loved to dance when she was younger so that that's when that's where your knowledge of the patient really comes in as a family member as a caregiver what does the patient like to do and, right. and try to really um, exploit that if the, the patient loves music and mm -hmm. make make him or her stand up and dance right and listen to that music and, and stuff like that so something automatic you don't need to you know tell the patient because the more instruction the more you ask the patient the more processing is required and the mm -hmm. more that they don't follow you know um, especially in the moderate and you know the, the later stage of dementia um, but that's such a good point johan because in part of my teaching because i do um community service and i teach to to the communities and one of 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 my presentation is about understanding the brain with dementia the the executive part of the brain the frontal lobe the temporal lobe we learned that in physical therapy school right and they are responsible for a higher level thinking skills mm -hmm. that's you know um problem solving decision making and uh safety judgment now the limbic system is the memory and emotion centers of the brain mm -hmm. and and that's the brain that is spared Mm -hmm. in in the loved one with Alzheimer's and dementia. That's why you mentioned about music therapy is good mm -hmm. because we're stimulating that emotion brain mm -hmm. and, and, and taking them. So if they're frustrated, they're agitated. I have an example like working in a memory care unit in an, in an assisted living facility. You know how they're in a, a jerry chair, a wheelchair, nonverbal, no kidding you how many times my hair was pulled and grabbed. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then holding me tight because, you know, those are the reflexes, right? And and I teach the staff, you don't yank your hand because the more that they will grip and hold. And that's my um, my teaching with them is 
use music therapy or touch therapy. So when they're grabbing you, do a gentle stroke. And I'm not a singer, but I love to sing. I would hum, hum mm. with, you know, hum a song with them because I'm stimulating the limbic system. Mm-hmm. And 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 that that will make them relax and let go. So mm-hmm. staff are seeing it. It's it's working. Uh, the later stage of dementia with the patients in a wheelchair, it's a struggle to transfer them from the wheelchair to bed bedtime, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 music therapy touch is is are are very effective uh, because you're building trust. Like right. you said, if if they don't know you, I mean, the developmental age comparison of the brain, moderate stage of dementia, they think like toddlers. Mm-hmm. If I don't know you, you're not familiar, I don't trust you. Exactly. Right? And there's fear, like, who is this person? So um, providing the positive approaches using touch therapy, music, um, stimulating that emotion brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to loosen up and build mm-hmm. up that that trust. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really have to the the caregivers really need to make an effort to be somewhat of a safe space for the for for the patient. The patient feels what you feel. You know, if they feel that you're somewhat of a threat, that you're upset. Mm-hmm. Then they'll be upset and they'll be fearful, fearful and guarded. So, um, more of my approach back then, and even with my grandfather when she experienced that, is shower him with care, and and trying to bring back, you know, memories of happy times when we were, you know, back when we were younger, when she was younger, and when I was younger. To elicit that, oh, I am your grandson. I am this. We did this. We 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 were close, so that he that we can build some trust. He would listen to me. He would follow my instructions. But if introducing a caregiver that doesn't really exude an an effort to care, then the 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 patient would really sense that. It's going to be hard for a caregiver to approach a patient with dementia if the the care isn't really there and it's not authentic. And if you're really treating that the patient as just a person and not someone with a condition, it's going to be um, difficult for both of you. Yeah, we experience That's that because right. where we're trying to get a um an outside caregiver and that supposed caregiver wasn't really trying to care. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the, my grandfather sensed that and he wasn't really trusting. So it didn't work out. So, you know, care that, that real that emotional part of care is really important. It's it's you're right, Johan, because uh, when it goes to the later stage of the dementia, it's actually focusing on their emotions, their feelings, mm-hmm. not the facts. Because mm-hmm. you have to live in their reality, exactly. in their dementia world mm-hmm. to understand them. Mm-hmm. So, and and thank you for sharing that because mm-hmm. uh, there is there is a quote that I, I share to, you know, to the loved ones, the staff, caregivers. 
Uh, and it says, um, I may not remember your name or what you, you did to help me, but I remember how you made me feel. Mm, right? That, like, like, yes, they, they respond well with gentle touch, calm voice. That's why um, it's so important that because they lose the peripheral vision Mm -hmm. The tunneling vision is worsening as the dementia progresses. So it's so important. Um, for example, like in an assisted living facility, memory care unit, like I will tell them, okay, show me how you transfer the, the patient, right? Mm -hmm. No instruction, Johan. They just grab them, right? Mm -hmm. They grab them by the waist and try to stand them up. And, and what the patient would do, they will stiffen up. Resist. And resist because... There's no eye contact. You didn't introduce yourself. You didn't tell them what you are doing. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and, mm -hmm. and that's so important. So they can follow instructions. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, I, I like what you said that with patients with dementia, they have their own reality. Mm -hmm. They have their own. It, it can't. That's why they're confused. They're seeing something. And it doesn't. Doesn't. Uh, coincide with what we're seeing and what we're you know really uh, getting from them so there's disconnect they're confused we're confused and that adds to the frustration um so yeah. we mentioned we mentioned earlier um a lot of you know the challenges and sometimes mistakes that caregivers do in taking care of their patients with uh, with their loved ones with dementia First one was not accepting early. That's that's really um, hard. Being in denial, doing everything for the patient, not showing care or trust, and not introducing yourself. And what are other common mistakes that caregivers do, intentionally the, or not, and when they're taking care of their loved ones? The the common. Um comments that I get from the family and uh, caregivers um, the behavioral changes when they become combative mm -hmm. they they're argumentative they take uh, it personally uh, they're just being difficult that's it. right they're being difficult um, they're they're trying to make my life harder mm -hmm. uh, not understanding that you know it's like I mentioned it's beyond their control mm -hmm. also arguing arguing with a loved one right. um, and i tell them jokingly i would say you will not win <laughs> exactly exactly you will not win you have to um get into their world like saying if if for example mom or dad say that you are you're kind of rude you offended me you hurt my feelings mm -hmm. right don't reason out like saying uh you know I didn't say this. I wasn't meaning that. So what I coach them is get into their reality and understand that they were hurt. Mm -hmm. And then just say, mom, I'm so sorry if I offended you. I hurt you, you know, and, and they calm down because mm -hmm. if you argue, they get more agitated. They get more confused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's a common really um mistake. And as well, it's coming from frustration and as well in taking care of that that loved one, knowing that I, I'm taking care of you and you're 
you're doing still doing this to me but we sometimes forget that it's the disease it's the disease right as that so with this um mistakes what can um caregivers do to their loved ones to be able to take care take care of them better we mentioned that you know um denial is you know they have to really accept it early learn about it um in in you know we mentioned earlier as well that we need to uh promote a sense of um purpose and activity for the patient and not do do everything for them right like when your example was like folding clothes that gave them a sense of purpose and activity to distract them and um you know, showing care for them, uh, uh, eliciting that emotional, you know, familiarity and um, not taking things uh, personally. But that's mm-hmm. that's the most, I think the most difficult part because you're giving all yourself. You're, you know, you're, you're going to be the caregiver of your loved one and it's really difficult. Um, and arguing, as you mentioned, don't argue. Uh, what are our other tips or advice can you give caregivers to take care of their loved ones better? Yes, my recommendations will be it's so important to understand what are the changes that are actually happening in the brain. Mm-hmm. So um, for an example, like um, the occipital lobe of the brain is the vision center of the brain. It gets to the point where um, they have trouble identifying familiar faces, uh, familiar objects. Mm -hmm. They will mistake the cell phone as a remote control, right? right? And I had one patient, uh, Johan, in an assisted living facility. Um, Every time he he looked at himself in the mirror, he was screaming and, and was like fearful, Right. So, um, himself, huh? He doesn't. He didn't recognize himself. That's right. So when we had that the 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 clinical team meeting, like what's going on with Mister So and So, and what is registered in his brain, and what he could remember was when he was thirty years old, and Mm -hmm. then looking at the mirror, he was like seventy years. Like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. You know, and he gets scared. It was it, it was a threat for him. It was a threat. So mm-hmm. we covered the mirror so he could not see himself. Those are the approaches. Um, really, when when family member and loved one understand that um, these behavioral changes are actually a change in the brain itself, it's um, they can embrace. They can embrace the changes. And the other thing is knowing what is the stage of dementia of your loved one. And with my teaching, I make it very simple. Even with clinicians, there are dementia leveling that are six levels, seven levels. Yep. So I made it simple, three levels, mild, moderate, and severe. So even the family members and caregivers without medical background can understand it. It's very important to know what is the level of the stage of dementia of the loved one because every level have their own positive effective approaches because mm-hmm. as a physical therapist you will agree with me um it's very personalized right, mm-hmm. right. um our our clinical approach 
with our patient with mild stage of dementia will be very different from our patients who are in the moderate and severe stage. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, that is, I would agree. I agree 100% that it's really trying to understand what's going on and that would stem out all your, you know, your questions then 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 finding your the answers to your you know questions to that. Um what can you say about um respite for caregivers? Because mm -hmm. caregiver burden is real and um as much as we want to take care of our loved ones, there would come a point that mm -hmm. it can be tiring. And mm -hmm. we you know as much as we don't you know as much as we want to take care of our, our our loved ones we don't want to reach that point that you know you become hateful or it's the care caregiver burnout is real yes. uh, yeah yeah so because yeah. the role itself is very is very challenging mm -hmm. and, and 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 it's not for everybody mm -hmm. because as a clinician we i do home care mm -hmm. i go to the patient's home and I work with them for an hour, mm -hmm. you know, and after working with them, it can be exhausting. So imagine the family members, caregivers caring for them 24 seven. Mm -hmm. And for the respite care, I educate them. If you want to take a, a month vacation, mm -hmm. a week vacation, mm -hmm. there are um, retirement communities that um, provide and are open for um, clients that would stay for a week, a mm -hmm. month, three months. I will have uh, patients that they are the primary caregiver of the spouse with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And she was scheduled to have a hip surgery. And like, oh. Risa, what will I do? Oh. Right? Like, wow. uh, who will take care of, mm -hmm. of my partner? Mm -hmm. And and that's where respite care comes handy. Um, um, you know, the loved one can stay in, in a facility with respite care for a month, two months, three months during her recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing with, um, you know, as a clinician, we recommend the appropriate uh, home placement for them. Right. It can be a, a memory care unit, a skilled nursing facility. That's based on the the level of uh, their dementia symptoms. So if they are, they start to wonder, mm -hmm. they're exit seekers, then a locked-in unit is is more appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay to feel tired. It's okay <laughs> to have a vacation. You're taking care of your loved one. That's it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty about taking a break. Yep. Yeah. The guilt feeling is, I mean, they they experience it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but you and I tell them and I, I educate them, you are the lifesaver of your loved one. You take care of them. So it's like in an airplane. Airplane is crashing. We have to put our own oxygen, right? Before we help others. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing I tell them. You got to be healthy. You got to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to be healthy physically, emotionally, right? And mm -hmm. it can be mentally exhausting taking right. care of them. Mm -hmm. So they deserve that break. And I tell them, you know, go out and have lunch with your friends, you know, and 
get a break for like uh, a day or two days and have other family member take care of them because it's it's very important mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. caregiver burden then you feel that burden you feel that burnout then later on if you still is there and you're not taking a break then you'll have compassion fatigue and not really care anymore and you you don't want to reach that point and there's so much there's so much uh family members and caregivers that i personally like i work with them in a home care setting where um they they live like by the by the loved one's home they live together mm. i mean when they're burned out they're easily get upset they get angry and um then you know with their strategies and approaching um the challenging behaviors of the loved ones then you know uh, they're not being a help mm. because they're not in their restful mind you know even physically and uh, emotionally right so yeah they i i'm a big advocate that they have to take breaks and and you know me time i call right. it That's and i i discuss that in my book also i have a chapter about caregiver burnout mm -hmm. and i discuss about um you know getting a backup mm -hmm. you know so you can take uh, a weekend off and then also the home placement respite care mm -hmm. when it gets so much for you to take care of mom or dad mm -hmm. it's okay it's okay that um uh, they will be in a in a safer place mm -hmm. like a memory care unit or mm -hmm. assisted living facility that medical professionals will monitor them 24 7 uh talking about your your book uh uh Talk to us a little bit about your book and where can we um, find it? Yes, sir. Um, after I recover from the dementia symptoms, I, I'm i not a writer. And we're from the Philippines, right? I love science. I love math. I can do numbers all day. But writing compositions like we did in high school, right, like uh, is not my thing. But uh, having the, the strong faith in God, I know that the words, I started writing. I started writing and combining my personal dementia experience, my clinical experience. And for about six months, I finished the book. Wow. And uh, I really made it like very concise, very simple. And, mm -hmm. and most of it is a layman's word because I want to reach the mass, you know, where they can um they can understand the topics so i have a chapter about journaling the dementia symptoms for the family member and the loved one uh, when they're getting concerned about the forgetfulness jotting it down what are the important things to write down so on the next doctor's uh appointment with the loved one then they can share this um these early signs mm -hmm. Um, how the doctors diagnose uh, Alzheimer's disease and dementia, uh, also the stages of the dementia. So when I do the presentation and uh, at the end of you know the discussion about the stages of the dementia, my um, my attenders can identify like I would ask them. So presenting this, 
you know what is your loved one's level or the stage of dementia mm-hmm. and 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 they always get it because mm-hmm. you know with the symptoms that presented very simple that's why it's alzheimer's and dementia caregiving simplified um mm-hmm. you know back to basics make it simple and and it's more of effective positive approaches and we got to take care of them with 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 gentleness and calmness mm-hmm. it's it's very important they they respond well with with calm voice and um uh, those techniques mm-hmm. you know because yelling and being upset make them more agitated and confused right. so my book is available um in amazon mm-hmm. all right so yeah it's available in uh Amazon, go get that. Uh, Alzheimer's and dementia caregiving simplified, effective, and positive approaches in caring for your loved one. All right. So thank you again, Riza, for um, being in the show and, and sharing with us uh, your experience uh, having uh, lived that part of your life with dementia and uh, now advocating and empowering caregivers on taking care of their loved ones with dementia. Uh, before I finish uh, my inter- my conversation with you, I usually ask my last questions. I have my last bites. I, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> so this would be uh, uh, candid answers to my questions. So um, my first last um, bite, so to speak, is uh, it doesn't it's not related to our conversation or but it's it's something about you and and what comes to your mind. All right, first is, what's your recipe for success? Do your best mm-hmm. and do it with passion. All right. Love that. Mm-hmm. Your best and with passion. All right. Um, second, we were talking about caregivers. Um, how can we, as physical therapists, improve our approaches in uh, patient care? Like, like any other medical conditions, um, not all clinicians are equipped right mm-hmm. and like my specialty is geriatrics mm-hmm. and i you put me in an outpatient clinic i don't know what to do with the ortho patients <laughs> so it, it it really is embracing um that caring for for patients with alzheimer's disease and dementia takes a lot of patience really patience and um being able to read emotions Mm-hmm. It's very important. Um, and um, in the early part of my uh, physical therapy practice, and we hear this, right? And they they will say, or we say like, oh, the patient got Alzheimer's disease and dementia. They're, they were they will not learn anymore. They're far too gone. Mm-hmm. You and you heard that too, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt, looking back, I felt guilty, Johan, that I was discharging patients too soon, Mm -hmm. right? And documenting patient uncooperative, unable to follow instructions or, I mean, that is, you know, now that I did so much research, experiencing it myself, I'm like, that's not fair with 
dumb, mm-hmm. right? The, I mean, you do you do reps, leg exercises. They can't follow ten That's reps. True. Yeah, you know, and 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 for you know not having that knowledge and expertise, like oh, they plateau, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. it's not beneficial anymore for them to have physical therapy mm-hmm. when in re- in in truly there's re- a specific approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, more like functions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, functional mobility, walking them around. I walk them around the garden or I tell them, can you show me what you have in the kitchen or, you know, or what's in the fridge mm-hmm. and you make them walk mm-hmm. and Medicare and health insurances acknowledge that, that it's a very creative, functional mm-hmm. activity that you're doing with them. Right. So. And and, and and that's my yeah that's my goal also to reach out to clinicians and the more of us that are educated with alzheimer's and dementia the more powerful we get in mm-hmm. in taking care of them mm-hmm. and education mm-hmm. of the caregiver is also part of your care plan it's also billable and we, we, that's the most important thing uh, yeah. i feel for dementia management all right uh, my last bite is um what are the three ingredients uh, that you carry around with you? Um, it can be uh, a verse, uh, a coat, uh, a characteristic, a virtue. Uh, three ingredients that carry with you each and every day of your life that you feel that are essential. In short, what are the three ingredients that make up Lisa Carlton? Wow. All right. I would say... When I wake up in the morning, you know, um, there's no room for grouchiness or being sour. Mm. And that keeps me in a positive mode. You know, like, um, I'm just a happy, bubbly person, you know. And, and and as soon as I get up, I, you know, it's, it's that's, mindset is very important. Mm-hmm. And, and and knowing that what's ahead, you know, you got to keep a positive spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a very patient person. I always um, look at things, you know, um, stresses of life, problem presented or whatever, big or small. I, I approach it as when there's a problem, there's a solution. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure it out. Um, and the, and the most important thing is my faith in God. Um, and that always keep me grounded, mm-hmm. grounded. Um, you know, I'm knowing that everything that I have, you know, belongs to him and without him, I am nothing. Right. I mean, my, my life, my breath is from him, mm-hmm. uh, clothes that I wear and everything around me. Mm-hmm. You know, it belongs to God. So there's really nothing I can boast. Um, it's 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 all Him, and it's and it applies to everyone. Whatever we have is a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. So we have to use it in 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 the right way and be a blessing to others. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Proper mindset. Let's wake up in the morning. Patience when they're when they're. Problems, there are solutions. Mm-hmm. As to your faith in God, I like that. Um, as Filipinos, before we, you know, we we like to give out 
our guests when we have a party or gathering we have to give up we want to give our guests some to go food right <laughs> some some takeaways our pabaon for them uh we don't leave them empty handed going home so um as our closing as a takeaway for our audience today something that they could bring in their practice uh, the month come monday um what is that one thing that you want them to take away from our whole conversation today it's whatever we face in life it's all in god's hands right it it is really up to us how to handle any situation mm-hmm. and um and for me it's like stay stay awesome stay positive i mean you cannot control how people react how they treat you how they treat others but um for me my goal is to present myself that um i can be a blessing it's more of a positive energy and because if you see me grumpy and upset you really pushed my button <laughs> <laughs> That's so my my son, he's 12 years old now, Johan. So when I say his, the tone of the voice, you know, with the Filipinos and with mama, he knows like when mom, mommy calls me this way, I got to listen and do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he, know, he knows I'm patient. And when I get to that point, she is serious. Don't mess around. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Riza, thank you again for coming to the show and like sharing everything, your experience and and your um advocacy and empowering our caregivers and taking care of uh, patients with dementia. Um, you know, everyone watching, listening to us, um, grab her book. It's Alzheimer's and Dementia Caregiving Simplified, available in Amazon, paperback and Kindle or paperback. No, only? it's 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 a paper uh paperback. Mm-hmm. Copy. Yeah. I'm working on the ebook. I uh-huh. am not a technical savvy person, <laughs> so uh-huh. actually getting my book out is uh-huh. like a uh-huh. it's the a win step. for me, win, right? Win, it's right. Win. That's true. It's All not right. perfect, <laughs> but it's readable. So uh-huh. yeah, it would be a good uh, read for anyone who's uh, taking care or treating someone with dementia. So thank you, everyone who's watching and listening. Catch the next episode of PT Mail Podcast. Listen to the past podcast as well. Enjoy the learnings, the insights, and the information that the podcast is bringing. Until next time, thank you, everyone's listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to PT Meal Podcast. If you like the show and want to support it, please follow the podcast's social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests uh, of the show, you can reach me through all the podcast's social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com Alright, looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks. 
Just a reminder folks, the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The show strives to keep all information true and correct, but humans sometimes make mistakes. Factual errors may be present, so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on the featured topics as well. Now, let's go back to the show.